In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders, the program that makes people aware of the best leadership practices, leadership trends, and thoughts about leadership. And I'm Kimberly Lewis. I'm a seasoned CEO, a leadership trainer, and a motivational speaker. And I'm reaching out to you today from Valencia, Spain. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from. So what's, what's this show about? Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. Now, as an international CEO myself, I've uh, managed quite a few companies, and I have a lot of connection with a lot of guests. And a lot of our business that we've talked about over the last couple weeks is we've talked a really lot on our episodes about international business. We talked to Peter Umson from Sputza about how to expand overseas. We talked to Ben Legg about how to get international assignments, and we've tried to keep you up to date on the new leadership trends, challenges that we face today, and opportunities. And today, we're going to talk about opportunities, and we're going to talk about gender. We're going to talk about the opportunities women have and how women are breaking the glass ceiling, not just locally, but internationally. We're going to talk about the challenges and opportunities that women face in the international executive arena. And we're going to talk about what we can learn from them. Now, our goal in this program is to bring you leadership success stories that will help you learn something new that may motivate you and possibly stimulate new ideas that could be the key to your future success. So with this episode, we're actually, we're approaching um, almost our three-month birthday for Leadership Beyond Borders. So I'd really like to invite you to connect with me. Please email me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Join my Facebook page, Leadership Beyond Borders Ponytail Talk, or join our LinkedIn group or just contact me at LinkedIn at Kimberly Lewis. If you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join me each week and I will make sure that you take away something useful either for yourself or your business. Now, as I said, in our in this series, we've covered a little bit about diversity and gender. In our first series, we talked with Elizabeth Rodriguez Dennehy, the author of You Cannot Afford to Ignore Me. And then a little bit later in the series, we talked with Dr. John Gray, author Men Are From Mars and Women Are For Venus. And we talked about gender and diversity. And we're going to take that subject a little bit further today. We're going to really talk about and look at what it takes as a female to land an international CEO position. And we're also going to ask, ask ourselves the question, 
why do we not have more female international CEOs out there? Is there a sudden death of female international CEOs because many women decide to opt out of the positions or and take another path? Or are the opportunities just not there? As an international CEO myself, I managed to break the glass ceiling, and you can read about my own tips in my book, Ponytail Talk. It's all about you winning career strategies for women. And I do know from my experience, being an international CEO in the international arena, it can be quite lonely. There's not a lot of females out there, and we tend to kind of group together so we can exchange experiences, and I do have a lot of colleagues out there, and today we're going to talk to a colleague of mine, a very accomplished woman, a colleague I admire very much, and today's episode will not only have great advice for women who want to reach an international executive position, but for anybody, regardless of gender who wants to be successful in the international arena. So our guest today is Sandy Lohr, CEO of Matchcraft, a Los Angeles-based company providing a marketing platform that enables companies to successfully sell and manage search, display, and social campaigns for their advertisers. They provide technology and expertise to the largest number of Google Premier partners globally. Sandy is a thought leader, a mother, a wife, a dog lover, a wannabe golfer, a media executive, and a tech enthusiast. She enjoys the Southern California lifestyle and leading the talented team she has at Matchcraft, which was recently recently recognized as Bing's 2017 Growth Technology Partner of the Year for North America. So some of Sandy's other passions include working with nonprofit organizations, including educational organizations, performing arts center, Rotary, Make-A-Wish, and the United Way. So welcome, Sandy. Kimberly, thank you. And back at you. We have a mutual fan club going on here. So thank you and congratulations on your show. Yeah, thank you, and it's great to have you here. So uh, let's let's start out with a little bit about your story because we both know it's hard to climb that career ladder, and you know sometimes you get stuck there, hanging from a rung. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about your story to the top? Sure, uh, truly the old cliche: starting from the ground floor and working my way up. That was the truth for me, and. From college on, working full-time in media advertising sales, then going straight into the management path and really finding my way through the newspaper world. And I've always tried to maintain a strong work, work ethic and feel that that's really had a lot to do with my success, rolling up my sleeves, leading by example. And over the years, my mentors have taught me the importance of learning the job of the people that you're managing. And to this day, I try and commit time to shadow every position in the company at least once a year. And I find that I learned so much by doing that. And so my my story is helping sales teams and the being able to help them transition from traditional media sales into digital sales teams. And translation to that would be a salesperson that typically would be selling print for newspapers or yellow pages or selling broadcast radio or TV 
and helping them to learn how to sell digital in addition to that. And so having done that through the years, uh, one of the things that we did was learn how to sell search and selling ads on Google and Bing and helping small businesses understand why that's important. And as we did that, that introduced me to this company called Matchcraft. And you guessed it, uh, we tried many different companies and they perform best. And so we acquired the company. I, my company, our parent company is Advanced Publications, Inc. They're out of New York. And I've worked for them for literally decades now. And so in 2014, we acquired Matchcraft. And two years ago, I was able to move out to the team. It's been a great experience for me because I've been working from the client side for over eight years with this company, so that certainly helped with the transition. I knew the fantastic team here. I knew how solid the product was. And having the insight of one of those that's been on the client side, that has proven invaluable. I spend a lot of my time just with strategic discussions with our clients all over the world sharing my experiences of helping with that transformation of sales teams. You talk, you know, that, that's really interesting. And I, and the story of, of Matchcraft is really, really great. And you talked about what you talked about rolling up your sleeves. And when, when you're climbing that ladder, you really do have to roll up your sleeves. And um, my question to you would be, do you think as a female, you have to roll them up a little more often or you have to do a little bit more? I mean, what did the biggest, what was the biggest challenges that you saw? I mean, did you, you know, really, what did you have to do to hit the ground running? Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's really a great question. I, I would say one of the things as a female that I always chuckle about is just bad hair days. Sometimes our male counterparts <laughs> don't have to worry about that. No, just kidding. But no, I, I think there were a lot of firsts along the journey. And one of those is that I was involved in a local Rotary Club. And I remember, uh, it, for those just to put it in context, Rotarians are a service organization and they're known for their efforts to eradicate polio globally. But they meet mm -hmm. weekly and attendance is extremely important. And if you can't make a meeting, you have to make it up by attending another Rotary Club meeting. So attendance is emphasized. And I was in my 20s, by far the youngest Rotarian in a very established club. There were less than five women Rotarians out of a club with more than 70 members. And I became pregnant. And they just didn't know <laughs> what to do about the attendance requirement. And the first the first offer was to give me a pass for the week that I had my daughter. And uh, we could all, we laugh at it, but truly it was just that they'd never dealt with it, never thought about it. And so by the time I had my third child, we actually had incorporated a maternity leave attendance policy in our bylaws. Of course, uh, by then I was on the board. <laughs> so. oh, that, well, that's a really great story because, because you know, Rotary is quite male dominated or was. Okay. I don't know exactly what it is today, but that's a fantastic story. And it talk. It, that story reminds me a little bit about inclusion. Um, so, so here you are. You're included in that club. You're part of Rotary. They now they have to change the rules, um, or they have to look at the rules so that they make sure they have cover the the 
gender and the diversity within the group. But there's also that in question about inclusion. And I remember stories from my, my own experience where sometimes I kind of felt left out, okay, as the only female. Um, how do you, what do you think about inclusion? How, did, how do you battle that? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, and it's certainly a, a hot topic today, especially within the tech world with the Google manifesto that went viral, and it's challenged our company and me personally to reassess this topic. And one of our company team leaders was sharing her experience that as a woman, we have to perform this delicate balancing act of speaking out when we know that there are prejudices, but also being careful that we are not speaking out too loudly and being labeled as a complainer or a victim. And in many cases, women have the experience, they have to experience this unfairness, but also have to effectively manage how we communicate those injustices we feel. And so for any employee in a company, their work should speak for itself. And we can obviously create a better workplace with diversity and that includes perspectives. And at Matchcraft, our culture is to be inclusionary and gender is where, as well as nationality or any other diversity. And it means that we're stronger as a company, but we also have to recognize that in some cases, it's hard for people to be comfortable speaking out. And so we want to encourage opinions and consider them and making sure that we're going out of our way to be inclusionary and seek out all opinions. And really, there's not a topic that should be off limits. And so mm-hmm. we, we, we personally kind of challenged the Google's actions, because not because of the content of the comments of this particular engineer, but because, because certainly it's not whether we agree Um, or not. It's just the right to express those opinions. And so even the topic of gender gap is something um, that's important to us, obviously, in a tech world. And we had a meaningful discussion this week and with very insightful comments from some of our leading women in technology here at Matchcraft and looking at ways that we can continue to strive to be more inclusionary. Mm -hmm. Well, we, I mean, we know, and there are studies that show that the, 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 more diversity you have than the better performance of the company. And that has been proven over and over again. But when you talk about inclusion, you know, one of the things that I think about is that that uh, TV show that was Silicon Valley, I think it was called, um, where they had all the advertisements was four guys, okay, um, standing there. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, that – so certainly a lot of the messages out there don't – don't relate inclusion and so what it sounds like you're doing at Matchcraft is is really really important and congratulations on doing that because diversity and inclusion does lift performance in companies so Sandy we're okay we're gonna um well, I'd like to come back to that a little bit and I and I wanted to ask you a little bit about why because I want to talk about the attributes that that women and men bring to leadership and 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 how we women can use those attributes to to climb the career ladder. So we're going to take a look at that after the break, if that's okay with you. Sounds great. 
Okay, so for our listeners, we're going to take a small break. And when we come back, I'm going to focus on the attributes that women bring to the table in a CEO position or a board position. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the opportunities and the challenges. We're speaking with Sandy Lohr, CEO of Matchcraft, a Los Angeles-based company providing a marketing platform that enables companies to successfully sell and manage search, display, and social campaigns for their advertisers. If you'd like to reach out to Sandy, you can reach her out at info at matchcraft.com or look up their website at www.matchcraft. You can reach Sandy Lore, and that's L-O-H-R, on LinkedIn or on Twitter at Sandy Lore. And please reach out to me, Kimberly Lewis, your host, at Leadership Beyond Borders at gmail.com. And while you're there, take a look at my website, www.globalbusinesstherapy.com, and check out the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, which provides leadership courses specially designed for women. And we'll talk to you after the break. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Having a lawyer in your court is always a good idea. Each week, Wagner and Winnick on the Law helps you sort out the legal issues and questions in a forum with judges, lawyers, and policy experts answering your questions and discussing your personal rights within the legal system. Law School Dean Mitchell Winnick, along with law professor Stephen Wagner, will discuss the sometimes ever-changing laws and policies to keep you in the know. Listen every Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. If you don't know the law, know a lawyer. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on the Voice America's Business Network. I am your host, Kimberly Lewis, a seasoned executive, leadership, and diversity expert. And today we're talking with Sandy Lohr, CEO of Matchcraft, a Los Angeles-based company providing marketing platform that enables companies to successfully sell and manage search, display, and social campaigns for their advertisers. 
And Sandy is joining us from Los Angeles today, and I'm in sunny, sunny, and very hot Valencia, Spain. So, Sandy, um, welcome back. And I'd like to, I'd like to, where we left off, we were talking about uh, inclusion and diversity, and I'd like to stay on that subject for a minute. And a few weeks ago, we had Dr. John Gray, um, the author of Men Are From Mars and Women From Venus, on the show. And we talked about some of the, the great attributes women and men bring to leadership. And I'd like to talk about the attributes that women bring to the table. Because it's been proven with more diversity, we increase the performance of company. So what are the strengths that you believe we as women bring to the table? Well, I will say that not only what I believe, but there are many studies that have proven that women traditionally are better managers than our male counterparts. And I hesitate in putting gender in boxes, but typically I do see a more participatory style of leadership from women Various studies show communication that is inviting feedback, more collaborative, and maybe a little less directive uh, coming from women than men. And I'll, I'll confess, it's been years since I've read the book, The Men Are From Mars, but mm-hmm. I, I do think in the battle of the sexes that Dr. Gray outlines that I like his approach that it's not that one is right and the other is wrong or good mm-hmm. versus evil, but it's that we have differences and it helps to understand where someone is coming from. And I, I think that women are fantastic at multitasking. When you have to play the part of mother, wife, career leader, multitasking takes on a whole new meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's stay in that for a minute and talk about work-life balance. Um, how, how, how do you handle that? Uh, Probably not well. (laughs) (laughs) My kids are are on the East Coast, and my husband and I are on the West Coast. So I do try and travel when I'm traveling globally, especially to Europe, making stayovers in New York, et cetera. So just travel standpoint. And I'd also say that uh, you would be impressed with some of the things I've been able to do with just trying to schedule my own time. I mean, it sounds cold, but I've actually had to schedule date nights or schedule the time that I need to be uh, mom and mom time. And all of those things just help you balance that. But it's it's something I work at, truthfully. Mm-hmm. And when, when we look at that work-life balance and we see the percentages of female CEOs oh, oh, less than 7% in the Fortune 500, and then internationally, we look at the statistics are anywhere between 7% and 22%, and, um, depending on company, com- country, excuse me. Do you think that, the, that this balancing plays a, a role in our women opting out? Or do you think uh, that the opportunities are not there or it's a possibly a mix of the both? Why do you think the numbers are still so low? They are low, but I also think it's important to note that they're at an all-time high in terms of yeah. <laughs> the, the number of Fortune 500 companies that are led by women. And I, I wish I had a better answer. I don't. I think it's kind of what we're dealing with now in terms of the the tech industry, of course, has such a small pool. We would love to have a higher percentage of our software engineers that are female, but the pool is small. The number of candidates that we get that are females is so small. And so 
from our end, um, and I think it's the same for CEOs, it's do you really want it? Uh, is that mm-hmm. something that you want to go for? And encouraging people that we don't have limits. And that's a cultural issue as well. It's not the same internationally. And so I think you have to start by mentoring and educating. And we're trying to do that, working with local organizations and coming up with ways that we can either have interns or career days. And again, just trying to explore how to do more of that, scholarships, et cetera, and introducing uh, technology and engineering into the culture from that agenda. And then you have to, even if you decide that you want to go into that as a career, there's the whole leaky pipe syndrome, and I think that's the same for CEOs, which is having it all, now what? And uh, mm-hmm. do, you, do you really want that? And so mm-hmm. I think it's, it's addressing that as well, which is retaining and helping to grow tomorrow's leaders, whether it's in engineering or the CEO level. And so trying to do all I can and all you can from a mentoring standpoint, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's part of the self-confidence issue, and I, I'd like to ask you a little bit about your journey, but just to comment on that, with the self-confidence issue, I mean, doesn't it really, it, be, it begins with the little girls. I mean, let's get the pink aisle out of Walmart, okay? Um, you know, try to teach them something a little bit different, okay? And, uh, you know, let them, you know, give them, you know, bring, give them a, a computer instead of a doll or, you know, something like that, um, and and start to to stroke their, their, their confidence a little bit. Did you, did you ever have any issues when you were, you did a lot and you were climbing that ladder? Did you ever kind of reflect on yourself and, and maybe not have a hundred percent of the confidence you thought you might have, or did you ever regret your decisions going up um, the ladder? Did, did you have any of those reflections? Yeah, I think the, the times that I've regretted it are just from a priority standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it's putting that it goes back to that work life balance. And I think that um, first off, it's learning to give yourself a break when you've had, and I notoriously had the worst mom of the year award happen to me several times raising three children, and my husband traveled. And so I think there's the stress of just trying to do it all. And so one of the most difficult situations that I was ever faced with in terms of balancing it all and wondering and really stopping to consider if I was doing the right thing and if my priorities were right, uh, I was working in New Jersey across the river from New York when the 9-11 bombing happened. And, And I was working for a newspaper organization where we had a job to do And we had employees in New York and we had family in New York where employees couldn't reach them and communication lines were down. I was working, it was the state's largest newspaper and the largest digital website. And we had this humongous job to get done. And yet my kids were in school 55 miles away. I couldn't leave. My husband was traveling. And so my three kids were the last to get dismissed from school And as parents were rushing to get their kids and bring them home, the school wasn't releasing information because it was a really hard topic to digest for these young kids. And I had to have a friend go get my kids and stay with them until I could get home late that night. And my my children, in quotes, are all in their 20s now. 
but they still remember the impact, not just of 9-11, but the fact that their parents and especially their mom uh, wasn't there. And to this day, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to ever make that up to them. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I did or did not do the right thing, but that, that's a, that's when it gets real. And you stop and contemplate a lot about life for, for many, many reasons. First off, Mm -hmm. you're blessed to be alive, but Second is just priorities, and we we make it. Um, we try really hard as a company to recognize work life balance, and to really recognize that uh, the number one priority is not here at Matchcraft in the office for our people. We're all we're all real, and and family um, should come first. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, first of all, that, that is a very powerful story. And um, I think a lot of us who have sat in the CEO position and, you know, had one foot in the family, one foot in the CEO, uh, have been in not that kind of situation, but similar situations. Because because the truth of the matter is you have to have priorities and you can't do everything, okay? Because something always has to take a priority. And I think, I think balancing that and weighing that is so important to be grounded when you start to climb the ladder to realize, you know, what does it mean and what does it take as I go up and what are, you know, what does it mean for my family and not just what it means for me. And powerful story, Sandy. Thank you very much for sharing that with us and our listeners. Um, go, going on from that a little bit, I, I just like to come back to the statistics and, and that was a nice joke. They're at an all time high, I know, but they're still pretty darn low. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, one of the things that I see, and we're talking about, you know, those 7% that is in Fortune 500 or those few people out there, um, and there are a lot of examples in companies of companies that only put women in the place to fail or or when the company is failing. I mean, look at Marissa Meyer of Yahoo or Mary Barra of GM. And, you know, this is sometimes called the glass cliff, okay? So nobody else wants it. Stick a female in there. We get our quota and quota and see if they fall off the glass cliff. Do, do you think that's a real, something that's really happening? Or is just that a few exceptions? And then the news just makes a lot about that. Yeah, I I think personally it's crazy to think that <laughs> Yahoo or GM <laughs> yeah. didn't put the best person in place that they thought could turn around their companies. And we can all Monday morning quarterback. And if you do that in either of these cases, you'd have to go back to missteps with prior CEOs who, right. uh, by the way, were men. And to say this is the glass cliff would also mean that many women leaders of today that are highly successful in turnaround stories were the glass gift. And mm-hmm. if they were put in their roles to be handed a success story, it's all, I think it's all BS to think this way. Yeah. These top fortune companies are driving their decisions to succeed first and foremost. Gender is secondary, if at all a consideration. It's also ironic yeah. that uh, Marissa is taking this glass cliff all the way to the bank with over right. <laughs> with her millions in, exactly. in payday here in just over four years. Um, yeah. Not bad. And, uh, you, you could tempt me to jump off that cliff. 
<laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Um, I mean, you read it quite often, and, and it's a term that comes up, and, and, and I've always questioned that also because companies and the companies that I've worked for and the companies you've worked for, they don't make decisions that way. Although, let me just throw something else out there, okay? Um, you know that the European Union now has legislation and is requiring a 40% gender mix on boards by the year 2020. This is for publicly owned companies. So they are kind of pushing in that way. Do you have any, any thoughts on that? Yes, I, I'm wondering why it's only 40%. Why isn't it 50%? <laughs> I, I honestly, I think it's sad that it needs to be regulated. Yeah. Boards should represent the best people to guide a company if companies aren't on their own intentionally looking for a diversity for diversity in their boards, then they have a failed initiative. And any board that is not looking for the best person and is only looking for the best man for the job has far bigger problems than this regulation. I think it's I think with the way the EU is looking at it, it's it's a push because they put things out there and things didn't move. And so they want to just push the envelope and it's waking. What I've seen in Europe is is waking people up and they should be they should be picking the best people for their boards. But maybe they needed that envelope a little bit pushed. So on that. Yeah. And so on that, Sandy, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about managing as an international CEO, what you need to pay attention to, what kind of skills you need. And it really doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man, okay, whatever gender you are, what you need to, to manage that international position. So we're to our listeners, we are speaking with Sandy Lohr, the CEO of Matchcraft, a Los Angeles-based company providing marketing platform that enables companies to successfully sell and manage search, display, and social campaigns for their advertisers. If you have any questions for Sandy, you can reach out to her at info at matchcraft.com. Visit their website, www.matchcraft.com. Sandy is also on LinkedIn under Sandy Lore, and that's L-O-H-R. And she's also on Twitter at Sandy Lore, L-O-H-R. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, leadership expert, author, speaker, CEO, and I'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Visit me on LinkedIn under Kimberly Lewis or Leadership Beyond Borders or on Facebook or on Twitter. And take a look at my website, www.globalbusinesstherapy.com and look at our Women's Leadership Academy 2020 where we have targeted leadership classes for women and we also do motivational speaking for events so i'd love to come to your event so reach out to me leadership beyond borders at gmail and we will talk to you after the break voice america business network the bottom line in business If you're looking for an in-depth, thought-provoking discussion about leadership, tune in to Bernard E. Robinson's The Leadership Forum, Making an Impact Through Effective Leadership. Each program provides an intelligent, conversational experience about leadership from Bernard, his guests, and you. 
If you're interested in improving the quality of leadership in your organization, listen live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time for the Leadership Forum on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, to Voice America's exciting new series, which actually it's our birthday. We're almost on three months now, and we're on the business network. I am Kimberly Lewis, your host, a seasoned executive, leadership and diversity expert. And today we're talking with Sandy Lohr, CEO of Matchcraft, a Los Angeles-based company providing marketing platform that enables companies to successfully sell and manage search, display, and social campaigns for their advertisers. We are joining you, or I'm joining you today from Valencia in Spain, and Sandy's in Los Angeles. And we're taking a look at the challenges and opportunities of a female international executive. So we've, a lot, we've talked a lot about gender, Sandy, and I, I kind of like to just now talk about general management of in, uh, being an international CEO. Many, many international companies work in silos. So how do you manage this? Or does your company not have silos? How do you get everybody on one page when you have so many different offices and so many different departments? Yes. Well, as they say, it ain't easy. And (laughs) so managing remote employees and offices on multiple continents, it certainly creates obstacles. And one thing we try and do at Matchcraft is we conduct a monthly all staff meeting and it gets to be kind of a production because we have video conferencing so that our employees globally can participate virtually. They can submit questions or jump in, so it's interactive as well. And and that is something that takes a lot to get done, but we think it's important to to pull in everybody 
And our company culture, we do a lot of things in our headquarters, of course, with different meals that we provide. And we have this great office space and truly the Southern Cal, excuse me, the SoCal uh, climate of Silicon Beach. But nothing is too big or too small from what we can do uh, for our remote employees as well. So we try and find out uniquely what motivates them and come up with ideas for what they can be doing to participate. So one of my favorites is we had our, it was a, our Halloween dress up day and we had our remote employees and a couple of them dressed up as remote controls, which was pretty funny. So <laughs> that's cute. That's cute. So when you, you, you actually, you're developing these values and then are, are there being cascaded down? I mean, because does everybody come in this, this monthly meeting or is it a, a webinar or what is it? How do you get those focuses and those values cascaded down? Is it through that? Well, it, that's part of it. But we, when I arrived two years ago, our first task was really defining who we are and more important, who we are not. And then, of course, who we want to be when we grow up. But this foundation of our vision and mission is something that we include in all of our monthly meetings, as well as we went through and every department uh, describes it in terms of the contribution of every position in our company to contribute to the success of that vision mission statement. So everyone understands our vision and our mission and everyone knows, <coughs> excuse me, that their job matters. And the vision and mission. So when you cascade that down, let me let me bring that back to gender a little bit because you talked about how diversity was so important to the company and that that is one of your values. And as you cascade that down, are there any cultural differences you see um, when you cascade down this this value of diversity? Is it a little bit different in one country than another country? Is it harder to, to understand or accept in one country or another country? Or is it pretty much understood and evenly accepted? I think the, the vision and mission is easily accepted. I do think there are certainly differences in how we operate internationally. There are obviously business differences that regarding benefits or employees and just things that we have to abide by just in hiring practices are different and unique in, in each of the countries that we operate. So, so that's part of it. But just doing business as well, the marketplaces are different in terms of businesses and what we do with uh, advertising solutions, digital advertising solutions. There's there's a certainly a varied acceptances or adoptions of where local businesses are across the globe with with regard to digital advertising. So I think our employees in those markets have to approach the business differently. And so those are all things that make obviously running an international company uh, a great experience, but some of the challenges that that provides as well. And does that reflect these differences clearly and for our listeners um, a lot of people when they think of Europe they think of the European market but actually I mean Europe is a lot of different markets again Germany is very different than Spain and and Holland is very different than than Czech Republic um, but on the personnel level when you're when you're trying to implement managers and, and hire and as you said to hire these female techs um, are some countries a little bit further ahead than the other ones? 
uh, <clears throat> I would say yes, that we do see some differences there. I, I would also say just formality. So when you're in Southern California, uh, blue jeans and t-shirts in the tech world is norm. And mm-hmm. when, for instance, just myself, when I'm traveling internationally, there are some cultures certainly way more formal and I need to be respective of that. Our employees need to be respective and especially if we're in front of clients. Uh, but there, sometimes the skirt and the blazer come back out when, when I'm mm-hmm. traveling, depending on where I'm going. And same with even communication. So there are many more informal presentations where it's interactive and it's sharing. And then there are some cultures that truly expect the PowerPoint presentation in the boardroom and the, and the um, highlighter and making sure that you are presenting and not interacting. And so understanding all of those things up front, I think, is really important to getting your message across. We never assume we probably over-prepare for some of those opportunities, but I'd much rather do that than assume something and be completely off guard. And what do you think, what do you think the biggest uh, challenge is in managing this whole international scene? What's the biggest challenge to you as a CEO? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge is uh, the things you can't control. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I won't say the S word because I don't want to get bleeped <laughs> here on radio, but stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, stuff happens, <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and being being adaptive to that, being flexible, understanding that, especially in the tech world, means that you've got to be on your feet, problem solving on the spot on a daily basis. Um, If you don't, you might as well just close your doors in my opinion, because you won't have the talents to meet the market challenges if you do that. And I think the other thing that comes to mind is just the uncontrollables uh, internationally. There isn't a day that goes by that there isn't a headline that likely will affect your business. And Mm -hmm. so whether those headwinds are things like just fluctuating foreign exchange rates or even the security and safety of your employees, they live and travel around the world. That's huge. Uh, Privacy data and legal requirements there, they they vary from country to country. And these are all challenges outside of our control, yet extremely important to what we do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, these challenges, and, and we just, um, I mean, just the action just happened in Barcelona. Um, you know, I'm recording this from Spain. Barcelona, um, the terrorist act in Barcelona, now in Spain, all these things going on around the world. It makes it a little bit scary to be an international CEO sometimes. So, so I can hear what you're saying. And, and employee safety is, is really important. And when you have employees traveling around the world, going to different areas, you want to make sure they also understand the protocols and understand how to keep themselves safe. So there's a lot of learning and teaching also as a CEO, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. And again, we we never, um, if we have an employee in a situation where they believe they are not going to be safe, we would mm-hmm. never tell them that they should continue with whether right. it's travel or anything else. Um, employee yeah. safety comes first and foremost. And and my heart goes out to the folks in Barcelona, Barcelona, Barcelona. saying as 
you know, we just, we've all experienced yeah. those, whether it was in London Berlin, or Brussels. Berlin, Berlin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so back to gender for a minute. Um, as we get to the end of our program, we have a lot of um, women uh, listening to us, and some of them may be halfway up the career ladder, some may be starting their careers, some may be hanging there from one of those rungs, okay, and some of them might be just about ready to tap the glass ceiling. What what would, if you had a, maybe three tips to give our female listeners about climbing the career ladder and trying to break the ceiling, what would they, what would the, those three tips be? The first one would be ignore that there is one. Don't, okay. let, don't, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that one. That's perfect. That, yeah. Just to expand it, just don't believe that anyone there that tells you, you can't do something, use that as your motivation to do it. Don't set limits on yourself. Go for it and make sure that the roadblocks are something again that's motivating for you stop whining start winning just do it mm-hmm. can you hear can you hear kimberly how competitive i am that's like my <laughs> spirit coming out and by the way i'm happy to lend a hand to any of your listeners that want to meet or talk through this topic um, happy to have the discussion or help in any way i, th- I think that's an important point as don't forget that the glass ceiling's there. And and I, I like that don't whine because stuff happens, okay? And um, I think you and I have both been through a lot of setbacks. And you just really, really need to, to keep pushing on and pushing on. And uh, eventually, you'll get there. I think that's what, um, don't you think so? Well said. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay. So then also just a tip for just in general for the people out there who really want to, whether they're male or female or anybody with their eyes on a international CEO position, um, do you have one or two tips for them to try when they're trying to reach that position? I would say be adaptive yeah. and, net- and network. It comes down to people mm-hmm. and who you know. And being adaptive mm-hmm. means... Don't be set and pigeonhole your direction in one way or the other. I'm a perfect example of leading a technology company when to this day my son laughs at me because if when I look at three remote controls, I, I actually have to have this roadmap in my head. Okay, first it's the big one. Hit the power button. <laughs> so uh, just don't, <laughs> don't pigeonhole yourself into a box. And try and make sure that you are adaptive and looking at where you want to go, why you want to get there, and look at the people that can help you get there and do it. And I think that's really well said. So thank you so much for joining me today. And with those last tips, I'd just like to uh, tell our listeners we thank you very much, Sandy Lore, CEO of Matchcraft. And if you want to reach out to Sandy, she's offered to talk to you. Please reach her at info at matchcraft.com. Go to their website, matchcraft.com. You can reach to her at LinkedIn at Sandy Lore. That is L-O-H-R. And after also, right, at Sandy Lohr on Twitter, L-O-H-R. So thank you for joining us, Sandy. Thank you. 
And uh, in closing, globalization is happening. And um, this is what we've been focusing on this week and over the last couple of weeks, because it really takes a lot to be an international leader. And we've heard that from Sandy today, and we've heard that from our guests over the last couple of weeks. But with all the tips that we have given you, all these tips are just they're not just relevant to inter- the international market. They're also very good leadership tips regardless if you are a local business, a national business, or an international business. And I'm really happy to come talk to you about those. I'm happy uh, to come to your event or to your business and share my experiences and my tips with you. Now, I'm very often in the United States, and I do training both in the United States as well as in Europe, so I can easily come visit you at your business. I also have the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, which provides leadership training, systemic team coaching, and certification both on the open market and for your company. So please contact me, Kimberly Lewis. Send me a mail at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Visit my website at either leadershipbeyondborders.net or globalbusinesstherapy.com. Please contact me on Facebook at Leadership Beyond Borders Ponytail Talk. On LinkedIn, you can reach me both under Kimberly Lewis as well as Leadership Beyond Borders. You can join our group and ask questions, and we can have chats on our group on LinkedIn. And also, you can tweet with me at LeadershipGBT. So until next week, and as I always do, I'm going to end today with one leadership word. And my leadership word is opportunity. And we look forward for you tuning in, for you to tune in with me next week. And in the meantime, please don't forget to download this series on iTunes and you can hear all of our episodes. So thank you again and until next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.